Good morning, good morning. This is Brenda Shoshana Eshen with another episode of Zen Wisdom for Your Everyday Life. And what a life, <laughs> what a day. One day, one life. All of our life is right here today. We kind of think we have forever, or we had many, many years, you know, when big holidays, this big weekend holiday, which just passed by, came. And we think, oh, yes, here it is again, the 4th of July, and our memory begins to roll around and remind us of all the other 4th of Julys we've experienced and how this one was different, how it was better, worse, whatever, whatever. The mind does that. That's what the mind does. Compares, recollects, brings it up, and it gives us the illusion that time is infinite, which actually there's truth and untruth in that, that our time here in this world rolls on and on and on. That's what the mind is showing us. Look, this happened, that happened, that will happen, that won't happen, on and on and on. There's a very famous end saying, one chance, one meeting. Mm. What a powerful, powerful powerful saying and it seems to go against the common knowledge of wait a minute (coughs) we have many meetings many holidays many chances if we don't do something the way we wish we did this time we can change and do it differently next time that is the prevailing wisdom and that's the way it looks that's the way it looks well next year we'll do this and that Well, we won't let this happen again. And we have the illusion that we keep learning (laughs) from our mistakes. Or we have the opportunity to correct things. And that's a very interesting illusion. On the one hand, it seems to be so. If we learn something from an event, we can do it a little differently. When the opportunity appears again, there is that feeling always. But this Zen saying says, one chance, one meeting. Wow. That has always hit me so strongly. It's, this is it. This is the time. The time is now. The person is here. The one who's right in front of you. Now. The person who's in front of you now is not the same as a person who was in front of you three days ago, even if it looks like the same person. The meeting is not the same. Nothing is repeated or repeatable, as my teacher used to say. Nothing can be repeated. Wow. That's quite an amazing statement. We have one chance, and that chance is this very moment to be present for whatever this encounter brings. Somehow, we conflate everything. That's the tendency, again, of our mind. We conflate everything. One day is like another. One person is like this one, that one. Oh, she belongs to this group, so she must be this way, that way. The mind blurs over the intense reality of this person here at this moment in time, interacting with us the way we are right now at this moment in time. An hour later, I'll be different, they'll be different. The circumstances will have shifted. 
inevitably. It's a wonderful thing to see because the idea, oh, I have many chances, there's plenty of time, that in a sense it's true, but in another sense it's not true. We lose our life thinking that way. We lose this moment, this chance, this encounter. So when they say there's only one meeting that we have, what they actually mean is, given all the conditions, this is a unique meeting. Can't be repeated. Maybe the rain is falling. Maybe the person is sleepy. Maybe you have just heard good news. Who knows? Many conditions come together to make up that one meeting that's happening right now. I should say this one meeting that's happening right now. And this combination of conditions, they are unrepeatable. So let's not blur one meeting and another. Each one is its own self. Each meeting has its own power, its own message, its own beauty, its own promise. And the more we can know that and stay absolutely present to what is available and being brought to us right now, the more we will be able to have our chance fulfilled. Something is being brought to us to be fulfilled, to be tasted, touched, seen, smelt, to some kind of growth maybe for us, some kind of experience for us. Something is happening. No need to label it with this or that, but to be absolutely aware not to miss your life. That's what this saying is really telling us. Don't miss your life because your life is happening right now. There's only one chance for you to experience this particular meeting, this encounter, this possibility. You know, now that's such a very interesting thought also because... We have the sense that there are infinite possibilities waiting out there in the world. And, of course, that's absolutely true. Well, if I miss this one, there'll be another one. If I miss this opportunity, something else will come along. But each one that we engage with and that we don't miss, each opportunity contains a multitude of worlds, of teachings, of experiences, Not so good to just slough over it and say, well, this one, if I miss this one, there'll be another opportunity. We seem to take everything for granted. Every single thing for granted. Yeah, okay, didn't go this way, but it'll go that way. So this beautiful saying, one chance, one meeting, is so profound and Excuse me, and it also points to the road to really being able to to manifest that and realize that is the road to awakeness, vigilance, <clears throat> awakeness, not sloughing over the differences between things. For instance, it reminds me, say somebody is playing a championship tennis game, championship game, and the score is tied. 
each ball that comes over the net becomes more and more important because that one could swing the game, winner or loser. <clears throat> that particular ball that comes over the net <clears throat> and the time is getting shorter in the game. So each, each time it becomes more and more precious. And a fine player will merge with that moment and with the ball that's coming over the net. They'll have no time to waste looking around at the cloud, thinking of this, thinking of that. No, no, no. It's one, one chance, one hit, one. They become one with the tennis racket, with the ball, with their opponent, one. That's what also one chance means. And when that oneness takes place, everything is realized within that oneness. They become one with the ball, then they hit it perfectly back over the net. No more separation between them, the ball, the net, the game, and no more separation either between them and their so-called opponent, so-called opponent. It looks like in, in a game of sports there's a winner and a loser, but actually when there can be no winner without a loser, the no loser without a winner, there's, there's just the oneness of the game, each person playing a different role in it, each person entering the oneness as the time gets shorter and things get more and more important, more intense. Same in life. One of the things that keeps us from entering that oneness, that one chance, one encounter mind, one meeting mind, is the sense, well, this, I've got an opponent here and I have to guard myself, I have to resist that person, I have to figure out what, they're, what they have in mind, really, and how I'm going to respond to them. This is suspiciousness, a distrust in our interactions, which has a very profoundly negative effect upon us. Viewing anyone as an opponent in that sense has a very difficult effect upon all of us. So when you say one chance, one meeting, if you only have one chance to plumb the depth of this meeting, one needs to let go of the feeling that this other being who is brought to us for the meeting is an opponent. They're a partner. They're a partner in this dance that we're doing in this meeting that's taking place. And, and just, just notice for yourself what a huge difference it makes to view someone as an opponent and to view them as a partner in the dance. You may have different steps. You have, may have different views. In a dance, some go forward, some go backwards, some go to the side, to the right, to the left. But it's a dance. It's a dance that you're doing with life. And so you must become one with the dance to feel what the right step is, what the right move is, and to truly enjoy it, to truly actualize and fulfill that one meeting, that one chance. You know, when you dance with someone... Each dance is different. You could have the same music, the same partner, the same 
kind of dance, maybe a foxtrot, a waltz, whatever. Those are the old days, I guess. But all of those kinds of dances, it could be a different dance. You could be doing the same dance over and over, the same steps, so-called, or the foxtrot over and over, the waltz over and over. But believe me, no two times can ever be the same. Never, 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 never. You will take the music in differently, and your body and your mind and your heart will respond differently. And of course, depending on your partner, the dance will be entirely different because it takes both of you together to make that dance happen fully. And so if the same is true in living in a relationship and living and being together, if you view that person as an opponent who's brought to you as an enemy, as somebody you have to distance yourself from, the dance cannot really happen. Jagged edges everywhere. Jagged edges. <clears throat> and that one chance is being actually obliterated. So much has to do with how we receive our life, how we receive a relationship, how we receive a person. It's up to us. If we receive them in a negative way that's inevitable, that's the way the interaction will go. If we are willing to become one with them, to unite, to be harmonious with them, to look at them through different eyes, we'll find a very, very different outcome in the meeting that takes place. You know, the other day, it was very, very, very interesting example of this. I was having a lovely, lovely early dinner with a very dear old friend of mine. We've been friends maybe 35, 40 years, a very, very old good friend, and enjoying, relaxing, and suddenly I see this person freeze up. I thought, what's the matter? And she's frightened. I thought, what's going on? And she's looking down the street, and obviously I could see that somebody was coming down the street. When my back was to them, that would have probably was frightening her. So I said, is something wrong? And she couldn't, she nodded very, in a very, and she's not like this usually at all. So I thought, oh dear, what's coming? So then this person, this man comes stumbling, he's talking to himself, he's carrying on on the street. And he leans, and there's a garbage can on the corner, <clears throat> and he leans over the garbage can. <clears throat> and she, she found him threatening, and I decided immediately to look for and see the beauty in him. Immediately, I wanted to see this, to, to alter this, this fear. And I'm, I'm watching him, and I see, oh my goodness, he's looking for food, he's hungry. He's hungry. The minute I saw that, no fear, just a feeling of caring for him. I had a feeling of warmth toward him. And he turns, he feel, felt it, of course, turned quickly and looked at me. And I said, you're hungry? Because we, we, we were eating outdoors. There was plenty of food on our table. I said, would you like this? Would you like that? And he said, no, I don't like my eggs that way. I like my omelet. He's describing to me the way he likes his omelet. I listened. I understood. But he also received the fact that he was being offered food, offered, he was being looked at with different kind of eyes. And all his strange 
mumbling behavior to stopped. It just stopped. And we had a very clear, lovely little conversation. And then he just, and he said, thank you. And walked on. I was absolutely stunned by the shift that took place so quickly, so easily. One chance, one meeting, that's all it took. And it depended so much on my response to him, how I viewed him. Was he an opponent? Was he somebody deranged? Or could I find the humanity in him, the beauty in him? My friend was flabbergasted. And we had a lot of discussion, she and I, about this afterwards. And I think this is a very wonderful example of Zen practice and other practices as well, where we take absolute responsibility for how we view a person, an encounter, our life, because we sit, we observe it, it's up to us. It's a choice. When you sit a lot, you have more distance from an immediate, impulsive, negative reaction. That reaction might arise, of course, but you just see it for for what it is and let it go. You don't let it grip you and take over the meeting that's before you. So I guess I've gone over a little bit in time today, but thank you so much for listening. It's a pleasure, as always, to be here with you. <clears throat> if you want to reach me, my phone, my, um, my email is topspeaker at yahoo.com. I'd be delighted to answer any questions. And the URL for this podcast is www.zenwisdomtoday.com. Thank you.